when we start to import computers from USA, yeah. uh, there was a problem because if I if in my name I have that letter, there is no way that the person that is uh, working in the capture of my name can put that letter because they not exist. So there are many people that they uh, the tax government in fact changed their name. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now... Here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm, Elevate IQ. Most people underestimate the differences in taxes and localization and their implications on the ERP processes. Some countries may have requirements such as reporting on pollution or privacy standards. But countries such as Mexico have completely transformed their taxation system to prevent corruption and bribery in the market. This transformation, however, creates unique challenges for the companies implementing an ERP system as they not only need to comply with the admin overhead registering their products and services with the government, but they also need to automate their processes to integrate with the government system in order to remain profitable. In today's episode, our guest, Augustin Cruz Lozano, shares his insights into the taxation and localization nuances of Mexico and why the Vanilla ERP system would fall short for Mexico. He also discusses concepts such as electronic invoicing, unique number for each submission, and the differences with the tax filing processes. Finally, he discusses how Mexican market is overly regulated with the strict requirements such as each product and services need to be registered with the government authorities before companies can start selling them. Let me introduce Augustine to you. Augustine Cruz is OpenPaim CEO. He has been helping SMEs in Mexico to control and automate operations with his own ERP for more than 10 years. At this time, some of their more important customers include one of the largest agribusiness groups in Mexico with a turnover of more than 700 billion pesos per year. One of the oldest steel distributors in the center of the country with a turnover of more than 200 million pesos per year. In the first certification center in Mexico that issue digital calibration certificates since 2015, almost five years before any competitor. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hey, Augustine, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, this is going to be so much fun. I don't think we have hosted anybody from Mexico so far. We have done one episode about the payment processing in Mexico, but I don't think we have hosted anybody from Mexico. So this is going to be 
so much fun. Before we start, do you want to start with your personal story and current focus? Sure. Well, first, it's it's an honor for be the first Mexican here with you. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be try to be on the on the right side. Uh, my personal history. I I have started to work with computers science. I don't know, maybe six, seven year old, uh, very, very, very young, have that great opportunity. My father uh, gave me one of their old Commodore uh, 64 machines. I don't know if you know it, that's machine where you had to put everything by text, yeah. just a, a blank, blank screen. Very uh, cool. With, with a square. Uh, and that's how I started in the, in the computer world. Then when I went to the college, the university, I, I studied mechatronics because every uh, I had a lot of time uh, programming because in that time you have to program everything. There is nothing yeah. you have nothing done. So yep. So the, I have many times making programs for my for my personal use. Very little programs with some some people. That's when. That's why I I, stu- I studied the mechatronics because I would like to know how, something more about the processors and yeah. that 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 stuff. At the end, I never uh, being really a mechatronic engineer. I have been a system system people <laughs> program. Very people cool. And, yeah, I spent several time uh, trying to make some. Uh, uh, some enterprise. My father would like to to me to start a business, hey. and that's that's why I arrived to this war in the ERPs because hey, I started to work with him, and we start to think and what we what what can we do to help uh, enterprise here in Mexico to make a better uh, accomplishment to make it easy for them to get their goals. Yeah. So, uh, as I have been a program for many time, I started to make a program. I start to make something like a CRM. Yeah. Then we, we could solve the problem, and then we uh, one of the customers start to asking us for make something more about the accounting side of the business. Yeah. And uh, well, that's how we start to create, and that that was in ten years ago, more or less. So. From then to now, uh, I have been working with the customers more on the consulting side because I very early in the business discovered that make the programming and make the computers work and, and do what you supposedly to, to ask, ask the computer to do. Yeah. Many times it's not enough for the business, no? it's the, the side of the business. Uh, I, I don't know, uh, maybe I, I guess we have a very different culture from the United States and from Mexico. Here in Mexico, <laughs> here in Mexico, the, the small companies tend to do not have any um, clear rule in place for run the business. So yep. I had I had seen some uh, business that even don't have the uh, proper list of tasks for everyone in the working in, in the business yeah so many times we need to start with that right. or make a right use of an erp yeah very cool and this is the argument that i get from all of my friends who uh, are going to be in the developing world and they all have this perception that 
in the US or Canada, it's going to be super fancy processes with the businesses, but they are so wrong because that's not how the SME market (laughs) in the US is structured, to be honest. Sometimes it could be far more unorganized than you are thinking from your perspective. Okay, so so the, the these two worlds are not very different, especially when it comes to the business's maturity overall in terms of their automation, in terms of the processes. In fact, sometimes what I have personally seen in the developing world, you might have far more mature pro- processes. You might have far more appetite overall for the technology. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing all of that. But before we do that, we have one of the standard questions that we ask every single guest that come on the show. And that is going to be your perspective on business growth. Okay. Well, technology is a very growing uh, side on the business. I think the next uh, 10 years is going to be a lot of lot of change yeah uh, many many technologies that now are something like esoteric terms it's yep. going to be some kind of day to day basic basic usage yep. so for example ai uh predictive analytics uh, that's going to be very common and um, at least for my side i i think many small business falling back need to be more aggressive they uh, definitely are coming with that that kind of technologies uh but unfortunately we need to we are going to fight very very hard with the people side of the equation and uh, many yeah. people as as you had said uh, I, I know no i understand it's not a mexican problem exclusive no. <laughs> it's worldwide but, uh, problem <laughs> I, I they tend to to see the technology like a kind of a talisman you put the technology and all the problems oh. from the company are solved by magician so yeah, us I, us <laughs> that that's a big mistake but that's that's where we think we need to to work hard we as a technologist for make them clear how to make a usage of, of, of technology of different yeah. uh, different kind of software for make a better business. Yeah, exactly. Could not agree more. So definitely the technology implementation is always going to be trickier and unless the people and processes are going to be aligned in the business, it's just harder to get results. And you cannot definitely expect it to be like magic uh, because it's not supposed to work <laughs> that way. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the differences overall. Uh, I think you know that's where you are going to bring a lot of value. And we were discussing in the pre-show that you have a lot of different um, differences overall from how the taxation is done, uh, especially in Mexico. And that could be very different from uh, the US or Canada. And let's say if the US businesses are trying to penetrate in either the Mexican market or they are trying to collaborate with any of the Mexican partners, obviously they need to know how the regulations work and what they need to know before they can expand there. So let's say if anybody wants to understand what are going to be the regulatory requirements and what do they need to know before they can think about expanding to Mexico, what would you say are going to be the differences overall from the commerce perspective 
also from the regulatory reporting perspective? One of the main differences is that the Mexico is calling the electronic invoicing. Okay. Uh, that's, a, uh, in fact, I, as I know, Mexico is one of the most uh, advanced countries in the world in that space. Yeah. The electronic invoicing is very, very strict and very sophisticated mechanism that okay. the taxation uh, government is trying to to use for minimize the black market, minimize the companies that do not pay the ta- their taxes. Yeah. I think that's one of the that's all the, that's another big difference between U.S. market and Mexican market. Right. Uh, in Mexico, we tend to try to skip the payment of any any kind of money to the government. Uh, unfortunately, we have to, we are we're coming from uh, almost 200 years. Yeah, the uh, government is just put take money from from us and take to to this pocket. So people do not like to pay any yeah. any kind of taxes. Yeah. So maybe that's the reason that because of the government is creating a very sophisticated taxation system, a very sophisticated electronic invoice uh, system. Yeah, uh, they would like to know uh, absolutely everything we are doing, uh, who are we buying, yeah. where are selling. If we are selling in credit or immediate immediately payment, uh, the amount of time of, of credit we are giving to them, uh, even um, the the bat uh, for us is the, the value added added tax as well. Yeah. Uh, for us, it's on effective on, on payment. Okay. Uh, so that's why they are asking for the credit days on the on the tax on the invoice when you when you create the invoice. Yeah. That's one of the information you need to, to put in the in the invoice. Uh, everything is regulated by the, an XML, okay. a very strict specification. Yeah. So there's a special place and a special way in where you need to put every data into the XML. Okay. And that that's how it works. You create the XML, send to a third-party uh, company. Okay. But it's in Mexico. This call it. It's a PAC. It's, it's the, the the how how we know it. I don't remember what that what the letters mean. That's okay. Uh, but their job is to create a unique number for us. It's like an UID. Okay. They give it to us, and they are in charge of communicate that XML from a new invoice. Okay. To the taxation authority. Uh, that's that's a very simple scheme of how the process works. I took that XML uh, and I can create a PDF representation. Okay. Uh, but it's it's very strict the the validations that the uh, authorities are going to do in next month, July first. Yeah. It's going to uh, to be the version four for this scam. And in that version four, for example, they are validating that the the name you are using for the customer okay. in the XML okay. is exactly the same that the tax authority has registered in their records. Interesting. So it's it's very very restricted the way they are working. Very interesting. And there are a lot of different layers that I would like to peel further because these are very interesting details. So let's start with the electronics invoicing. And you mentioned electronic invoicing is the recent change that Mexican government is trying to make. Now, electronic invoicing could mean a lot of different things, right? 
So one of the things, and, and in different countries, they treat it differently. If you talk about simply the digital invoice, right? So you are simply talking about, you know, you are moving away from your paper to your digital invoicing. Mm-hmm. Now, is this more of the digital invoicing or are there any differences when you say this is going to be electronics invoicing? Can you elaborate a, a little bit more? Is it simply a digital invoice or are there any more layers to this whole notion of electronics invoicing? invoicing? Well, obviously, uh, any any business need a computer and need to be digitalized in right. some way to, to come into this digital invoice. But this is a, a, it's more further than just uh, create your records with a computer or with the special software. Yeah. Uh, even if you if you will, if you want, the tax authority has a special portal where you can create the the invoice from them. There is nothing uh, nothing no special requirements for use that that the portal. But right. here uh, we are talking about a specific uh regulations yeah. and specific rules on how you need to put the information for communicate with uh, another in, in this case with the government authority but right. that also could be used for make something like our electronic data interchange yeah. because there is a standard so yeah at, at least for Mexico, you know, uh, any company from Mexico used exactly the same standard that that will facilitate a lot of the the electronic data interchange. So I think it's it's yeah uh, a step further. There is also a special process where you need to make a digital signing okay. for the invoice. Okay. So uh, obviously there is a validation there. Uh, some file fields in the in the XML yeah that that you use for create a, a special string yeah that it's validated yeah and the 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 government is trying to make that uh, impossible to falsificate an invoice no uh, there is no invoice that is not uh, registered in their system that's that's one of the more advanced layers of security that they're trying to use. Very interesting. So basically, if they have the portals where people can go and create the invoices, so it's not mandatory that everybody has to generate these invoices digitally. It's just that if you are going to make any mistakes, my understanding is going to be there are going to be heavy penalties that businesses have to face Uh, just because of those mistakes. But let's say if somebody is processing their own invoices on paper and then they can go in the night and they can create all of these invoices, they just need to be extra careful. Whatever customer name they may have mentioned, let's say on the invoice, the name must reflect the same on the invoice that you are creating for the government to be able to match. Because obviously, if their matching process is going to fail, then they are not going to be happy about it and they are probably going to penalize you for that, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, unfortunately, also for me, it uh, seems that the government is trying to create a business for uh, someone. <laughs> right. Uh, because their their portal, it's very simple. Right. Uh, and there is no, there is no 
error. There is nothing that show you exactly what are you doing wrong. Right. So uh, if in theory, you can uh, continue working with paper and yeah. just uh, creating the invoice on the uh, government system. Yeah. But in the practice, it's very difficult to do because it's a very error prone system. Right. It's very, very slow system. Yeah. And it, uh, it, it's it's uh, several account accountant people that I know that is trying to use that uh, that uh, that method that approach. They are very tired and they are grateful to buy any kind of software that that can help them to to create the electronic invoice. Very interesting. So now let's talk about the digital signature process. So how does that work? Can you describe a scenario? where digital signature is going to be used is it going to be more like let's say if i sell goods i create the invoice i send the invoice to the government and then am i taking the signature from the customer and then sending it to the government so can you describe the handshake how that is going to work from the digital signature perspective yes uh, technically the, the process is more more or less like this you okay. create an xml okay where you put all the information about the customer about the products you are selling, the prices, the amount of, uh, the, of products, the taxes you are including on, on those products. Yeah. And that XML, you make a, a digital signing. Right. So that dictated selling, but obviously technically uh, that, that sign is embedded into the same X, XML file. Right. And you ask for this, uh, the name in, in Spanish is uh, Proveedor Autorizado de Certificación. I, I remember that. It's uh, okay. Authorized Certified Provider. Okay. Or less. That, that will be the translation. Yeah. And they validate all the XML files that you are sending to them okay. against the digital signature that you put in place. If they are, if, if they are going, if there's a match between that the file uh, that they are receiving and the digital signature that you are sending, yeah, then they give you the unique number for your invoice. So they bring it back to you, the XML file with that uh, unique number, yeah, and that's how you can uh, demonstrate to your customer that the invoice that you are generated. It's correct, it's validated, and is uh, notificated to the tax authorities. There is a special portal for tax authorities where you can go and put the, if I don't remember, but it's the tax number for you, from you, yeah. the tax number from your customer, yeah. the total of the invoice, and the unique number that the, the government gave it to you. You check, you, you put the, that the information on the portal, and the Mexican, the tax authority gives you the information about the state of the invoice. You okay. can check there if the invoice is registered with them. Yeah. That will make a valid invoice. Yeah. If the invoice is not cancelled, because you can all cancel the invoice, and they, they give you also some rules for cancel the invoice. So they, they show you if the invoice is cancelled or not. And if needed, you can cancel the invoice. So um, that, that's, that's the information they provide you. Very interesting. So 
obviously their interest is going to be in collecting the taxes. So as you are sending the invoice, they are computing, okay, what am I making here? Uh, their goal is just <laughs> that, right? And exactly, then yeah. when you are going to be sending, let's say the cancellation invoice, so it's almost like as if they are running their own ERP system and they are trying to account for every single entry that you are sending, but then you have to make sure that you are going to be able to reconcile your own financials as well, because obviously you don't want to pay them more. You don't want to pay them less. In both cases, you know, obviously you need to pay. <laughs> yeah. Government is not paying for anything, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In fact, there is one of the, the main uh, goals with all this system. Yeah. And what they are doing now is that you can uh, log in into uh, your portal. They have yeah. a special section of their of their website that it's called a, a tax portal, where yeah. you can log in and based on the based on the information that you give about uh, the electronic invoice, the, there is another another part of this that we don't have discussed yet is is the payment, the electronic payment. Also, there are some kind of electronic receipts. Yeah, all the pays you collect from your customers. So, based than that, two information ah, and your payroll because it's a part of the electronic invoice specification here in Mexico. But based on that, all that information, they can provide you with a pre-tax declaration. So, if you wish, you could just pay what they are indicating for you. Interesting, and you are done. Don't have to do anything, anything else. No? Especially for a very small uh, business, that that's a great uh, advance for them because they don't have to contract a, a special accountant. But for a bigger uh, uh, enterprise where all there is a, a credit control, maybe there are a credit. Um, I, I forgot the name in the reversal of an invoice. Uh, are you talking about credit, credit note? note? Credit note? Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Note. Obviously, in, in a bigger uh, company, there are credit notes. Uh, so many times, they are trying to collect more from you that right. you really own. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you need to be very careful for uh, start, uh, being checking everything and you, you correct and make your own declaration. But that's what they are making at this moment. Very interesting. So let's go back to the digital signature and the ID arrangement that you mentioned. And uh, so why do you have the ID as well as digital signature? So let's say my understanding of digital signature is going to be they are probably giving you public key versus private key. And you, know, you are simply sending that as the exchange when you are sending whatever information that you need to share with them so that they can recognize you. Otherwise, you know, this could be hacked as well. Obviously, people are super smart, right? <laughs> so so you want to make sure that your financial information is secure as well. Now, when they already have the digital signature and when they can already authenticate you that this is you, why do you need another ID that is number one? And then at what level this ID is going to, going to be created? Is it going to be ID? per business? Is it ID per category? So do you want to describe a little bit more what an ID is and how that correlates with your digital signature? 
I guess the correlation is poor because there is a third party uh, here in the equation. As you remember, I, right, I right. talked yeah, about you the are sent, fact yeah. that yeah. I send them to them and they are who really send the invoice to the tax government. Right. So I, I guess the, the my reason for that uh, new idea is that make make sure that there the tax government have everything that the PAC is collecting from the from the people or the business in general. For me as as a business to make sure that a PAC is not uh, interfering or maybe not sending some information from the for my for tax government. Because what the tax is doing here is that we, as a, as a companies, we are helping them to to look for all uh, companies and and make that they also being legal. Here in Mexico, there used to be a, a as I have told you already, a, yeah. a very big amount of people and business that do not pay pay any taxes. What yeah. we call here working blank. So one of the main goals with all, all this electronic invoicing is to try to eradicate that market. So if I receive an invoice or, or, or better, better, it's, it's more like if I make an expense yeah. and I don't receive an electronic invoice for that expense, yeah. then I cannot declare on my, on my monthly the tax action and deduce that the expense that I have done. Very interesting. Okay, so this is, I mean, there are obviously way too many layers uh, to be able to understand this. And I can almost guarantee that, let's say, if I implement an off-the-shelf ERP system, for example, SAP, Oracle, Microsoft, what challenges are you going to see, let's say, if you were to implement those ERP systems, what all do you need to customize? What all do you need to configure on top of them for them to be able to work? in the Mexican localization, by the way, first off, I mean, are they going to work? <laughs> That's going to be the first <laughs> question, right? If they are going to work, okay, what all configuration customization are we talking about? Let's say if we try to utilize them. Well, for, for almost all the biggest uh, names on the ERP market that you yeah. just mentioned, I have the, the impression that there is no uh, support from the um, central, uh, I don't know, but but the makers of the software, as as I have known, all the all the modules or the applications for make them work, yeah, it's from a local uh, developers or from some big companies, but that it's offering as an add-on extra to the main ERP. Uh, one of the main reasons it's because of the, obviously of all the challenge on the communication. Right. You need to make consuming and special service. Uh, uh, almost all packs have a, a web service available, but there is also well, that the technical challenge that the yeah. ERP by 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 nature do not do not include in many in many cases. No, right. um, there is also the special uh, fields that you need to 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 put in place on on the XML. Uh, for every product, you need a special classification. Okay. Uh, it's, it's what here in Mexico is calling the CFDI product service. So it, it's a code. The the tax authority makes available. Uh, it's something like about five thousand different codes. Okay. And you need to classify your product 
into one of that codes that they are that they are giving to you. So obviously it's a special place, a special field that not all um, ERP systems have in place. No, you need to you need to put, and that's uh, with uh, almost everything information that you need to put in the XML. It have a special code that need that you need to place. So right. the the fiscal position have a special code. The tax that you are including in the in the products have a special code. Okay. The you need a special code for indicating you are paying in one exhibition or that you are giving credit to the to the customer. What what other code? Uh, the the way you are gonna expecting to collect the payment for the customer it, it also need to be specified on the XML with this with a special code. So that's that the big amount of different codes that you need to use for a complete with the the catalogs that the authority is publishing. It's one of the main challenges that you need to to face in these ERPs. So who typically hires tech? Are these government agencies that are trying to facilitate the communication between the government and the businesses? And what happens, let's say, if PEC misses something, let's say if there is a problem in their system or they forget to report, who is at fault if that is the case? In that case, it's fault of the PAC. In, in fact, the, they have a very specific regulation for them. The PAC is a private company. It's right. not some, it's not have to, doesn't have anything to do with the government. Okay. They're just given the chance to make that business. But the PAC is, is a third party company and they have a very strict regulation. They have, uh, for example, they have uh, 72 hours for make the communication to the to the tax government okay. about the new every new uh, invoice that they are receiving yeah they are they are in charge of validate uh, all the the structure of the xml and the rules that the authority is making for create a valid invoice if there is a, a mistake uh, in in that process and the PAC does not not notice that mistake is the responsibility for the PAC. So if I get UID, yeah, I get that special idea as a customer or as a, the the company that it's creating the invoice. That's a no for me for being sure that it's a valid invoice. Yeah. If there is any rule that I don't don't follow because uh, I make a mistake. Yeah. Or because I make an intentional uh, um, error trying to, to to make some some shit, for, then it's fall on the pack. He need to pay a, a, a special amount of money. Very interesting. So one of the clarifications that I need overall in terms of this whole process of classification, and classification is the process by which they are able to understand. Okay, these are the products that I recognize, and these are the products that you are trying to sell. And this is the tax amount that I am going to be charging to you. So you need to be compliant with my codes. And you know, for the customers, also what they are doing at their end is going to be that okay, these are the customers I recognize, whether these are going to be individuals or the business, I may have ID for them. So when you set up your system. Are you going to be capturing everybody's ID on the invoice and then you are going to be sending to them? If that is the case, then why do you have the customer name that needs to match with the name that they recognize? 
is that really important or not important or how does that process work <laughs> uh, i don't know why they are trying to make that in in this new version uh, for me the the last version where you just have the tax number it's enough as you have said but uh, i don't understand I'm, i'm trying to understand why they are doing this they are asking for that the for that kind of uh, of restricted validation it's it's going to be a nightmare in the next month here uh, there is uh, for example i have been talking with a customer the other day and they have an uh, well in spanish we have a leader that it's uh, something like an n yeah. with a special uh, sign in, in inside right it's it, we name it n so it's something that you in, in english do not have And there is a, when we start to import computers from USA, yeah. uh, there was a problem because if I if in my name I have that letter, there is no way that the person that it's uh, working in the capture of my name can put that letter because they not exist. So there are many people that they uh, the tax government in fact changed their names <laughs> because there was no no. Way to you have to change your name because you cannot pay taxes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. But now they, they have a problem because they cannot receive, they cannot make any invoice because their name does not match. So wow. something like crazy. <laughs> Fascinating. Okay, so this is for the individual as well as for the businesses. The taxes are going yes. to be applicable. So when you are sending the invoice, even if you are serving the retail customers, each of the individuals. need to be recognized and you have to even you are not supposed to be making any sort of mistakes when you are writing their name down is it what you're telling me yes exactly it it's i i don't understand uh, really i i am shocking about that the uh, that change but even as i have told you we don't discuss the that part but, but in mexico the electronic invoice is uh, it's when you emit a uh, payment for your employees yeah the pay slip for a payroll it's also an electronic invoice so you need to make sure that you have correct the name from your employee for putting the payroll if not you are go- you are not going to be able to pay them we have a customer with more than 2000 people in the payroll that it's pay week week over week at this day they are crazy there are many different uh, minimal details that it's blocking them to make the normal payroll process uh, if they for example if, if you make a short presentation of your name you cannot create the payroll if you have a different name you cannot create the payroll if you have a different zip code for example it's another validation that they are uh, introducing in, in this new version if you have a different zip code that they have in register in the tax go- government you cannot make the payroll it's going to be very difficult to bring a normal operation in the next month and how do you handle the exceptions so let's say i mean obviously this is almost like erp processing here the way things are going for each of the transactions you are going to have a lot of different error codes that you might get right when you are sending yes. it to them or and there are 
customers are always going to act crazy. I don't know if you're going to limit them that, you know what, I mean, see, if you pay, I'm not going to refund <laughs> because <laughs> then my, my, you know, admin cost is going to increase because I need to talk to government, you know, and they are going to be mad at me because, you know, they might feel that I am trying to do something crazy here. So what are businesses trying to do? Are they trying to minimize the number of convenience options that they offer to the customers just to avoid that admin overhead? Or how are you handling that overall in terms of the exceptions that you might get? Um, because of partial payment, let's say if I want to pay using multiple credit card or if I want to pay using five <laughs> credit cards, I may have two different names on all of those credit cards yes, and I'm yes, using yes. my debt's credit card. <laughs> how does that, <laughs> that work now? Well, what we have been done with our customers, and I think it's a way that many of the, of the in general, the companies is going, is yeah. to make a auto-invoice portal. So I give you a number, maybe an internal number, the number hey. that I use to control my, my invoicing, and give you a, a special web page with take you the, all the responsibility, fulfill your data, ensure that this, the, the invoice is going to have all the data that you need for you, for, for you, that you, yeah. and uh, the computer is the one that is going to create the, the invoice. Right. But let's say, and I don't know what is the literacy rate in, in, in Mexico, to be honest. I mean, see, if you ask uh, average American, <laughs> I will, I, they will probably struggle to spell <laughs> you know, things. <laughs> so I don't know about Mexico, to be honest. In most countries, uh, if you talk to people who are not as educated or they might not be as technically savvy, they are going to be struggling in spelling things. And when you are going to be, let's say, if your customers are going to be misspelling things, then obviously what is going to happen is <laughs> you are going to be in trouble because you are increasing the admin cost. And I can almost guarantee that for each of the failure points, probably government is going to charge you because it's increasing their admin cost at their end. So uh, even if you are, let's say, exposing the portal, I don't think you can charge your customer because government charges you. <laughs> Do you charge your customer back because you misspelled your name? That's not my fault. You did it. <laughs> but uh, as I have told you, what the government is, is doing, it's make the, the customer the one that it's making paying the cost in, in fact if if they type any mistake on the invoice obviously the invoice is going to be wrong right so for me as a provider it's a valid invoice i create invoice you the customer is the one who have the problem because that that invoice is not valid but for you for my income as a provider as a supplier it's a valid one you cannot, uh, you cannot deduct the, the dues. I, I guess that's a correct word. You cannot make that uh, invoice valid for uh, um, uh, show that you make an expense. So, in, in fact, the, the authority right now in Mexico, it's uh, making uh, the total the contrary that 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 legal sentence that says that you are innocent unless you you prove the contrary. Here in Mexico, is the contrary. You are guilty until you less you are not. So that's that's something crazy, um, weird for me. I think we are in a very I don't know I don't know why they are doing that, but that I don't feel good with that the way that's worked. But 
it's how it works. And the government is simplifying their job because they are making us the police from the other companies. So very interesting, obviously. I mean, there are a lot of different layers to this discussion. And uh, from their perspective, the admin effort is going to be increased and that's not helping anyone, I guess. <laughs> and you are going to have such admin costs just uh, from the government perspective because that's not the productive use of everybody's time, right? But I guess, you know, <laughs> that's what they want to do. Okay, so here, let's say if they are trying to do the reconciliation from their perspective, you reported that this particular customer bought these many things from me, but they did not report it as the expense because not everybody is going to be as financially savvy. They might say that, you know what, I'm not going to report. I don't care for 50 cents. But for you as a business, you need to reconcile your books. So are they going to be going after them? That why did you not report these things? Do you have to keep the proof of every single transaction? I don't know for how many years <laughs> because they might, or is it going to be closed in five years? Five years, yes, five years. Wow. So you are supposed to be keeping, so you cannot change your ERP system within five years because it's very hard to <laughs> transfer yes, the historical exactly. data, right? Yes, exactly. In how are companies able to afford the IT cost? Because in the US or Canada, if you ask anybody, MEC, they don't really have, they cannot afford the IT cost. It's, it's very, very, very expensive, okay, <laughs> for these smaller businesses. So let's say if you have a business that is probably making $50,000 a year, how are they able to afford all of this? I guess that what really happens in Mexico is that they simply accept the cost and accept the fact that they are not going to be able to pay anything. Uh, it's not uh, They don't have the enough money for pay. And they are simply in risk trying to pray for, for the government to not... Uh, see that they are not keeping the information. Unfortunately, that's something in Mexico, it's very common. We, we live in, in risk all the time. And that's, that's something that we, are, we have been used to live with that. Uh, maybe for you in US, in US and Canada is not something that they, they, you are comfortable with that kind of, of, of thinking. But uh, uh, the fact is that in Mexico, if you don't have that kind of risk, probably you do not have chance to make any business. And unfortunately, it's probably that you don't have chance to live to life because many people in Mexico is not an uh, entrepreneur because of vocation, but more because of necessity. I, I love my country, but that's some of the kind of things that I say need to change, need to make things different because it's not healthy for anyone. Unfortunately. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, it's not just for Mexico. I think a lot of countries are taking these steps uh, just to just because, you know, they didn't have as much tax revenue and now they need to go harder. So, yes, they are trying to solve some problems, but the way they are solving, I don't know if this is the right way. And this is probably hurting people, you know, and, and probably hurting economy as well, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's I think, uh, well, uh, technology, I expect technology help many of these people to make a difference and already can create a switchable business, a rentable business that, that uh, keeps moving forward. At that with the time, uh, they can accomplish with all the regulations and all the uh, mental uh, uh, strategies and way of thinking 
for being a successful business and a scalable one. That, that's the, the main or the principal word, I guess, being scalable. Very interesting. So that's it for today. Do you have any last minute closing advice for our listeners by any chance? Well, just the, the advice is do not be scared because of all the things that I had said about the Mexico and the, yeah. uh, all the, the difficulties in the uh, tax process and electronic invoicing. It's a very interesting country for Bain and Invest. And if, if we can help with any of the challenge that represent that investment, we can we can do it. Very interesting. And my personal takeaway from this conversation is going to be if you are trying to penetrate into Mexico or if you already have an established business in Mexico, definitely pay attention to how the business is done in Mexico and how the transactions are processed. And definitely talk to somebody who is um, local there because obviously they are going to know far more about how the business is conducted or you may face some penalties. On that note, I want to thank you for your time. This has been a powerful episode. Thank you to you. See you later. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Augustine, head over to OpenPime. Dot mx. It's O-P-E-N-P-Y-M-E dot M-X. You can also connect with and follow him on LinkedIn. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Jacqueline Laffer, who shares her insights into Shopify Pause and the challenges associated with international payments. Also, the interview with Bernard Orr, who shares his insights into the nuances of the Southeast Asian market. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you, and I hope to catch you on the next episode Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.